Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. And so let me give you a little story about courage. I didn't always have it. I'm still a work in progress. But, uh, you know, it started back, I remember in high school, I wanted to date the cutest girl in my class. Her name was Dawn. And for many, many years, I thought about what I'd say, how I'd ask. I was, had many opportunities, but I never quite had the guts. And then four years later, one month before graduation, my friend, Chris Barfield, or so I thought he was my friend, says, Charles, get over here. I know you've got something to ask Don. And wouldn't you think after four years of staring in the mirror, practicing, getting ready for my moment to shine, that I would ask her for that date. But I just said, you look great today. Have a good afternoon. And so I lost out. So you do miss 100% of the shots you never take. But I know looking out at this crowd, you guys are full of courage. You're bold. You seize every opportunity. That's what you need to remember today. If you don't believe that about yourself, that's what God believes about you. That you are bold, you are strong, you are courageous. And there's some things God wants you to do in your lifetime, in this season, that he needs you to do. And we're going to unpack some of those things today. Amen? All right. So today, let's dive deep in some areas of courage. And the goal is to identify the fear that has held us back. And face it, overcome it, and start living the bold and courageous life God has destined us to live. You know, one of our nation's highest award is called the Medal of Honor. You know, it's generally given to those that have given their last full measure. And the reason why it's one of the rarest medals is because it's so uncommon. And it generally recognizes bravery, heroism, courage on the battlefield. And I was just reading this weekend just some of the stories going back and seeing God had to be with these men for what they were able to do. And so, you know, we may not serve in the military. We may not have an opportunity to have that level of courage on a battlefield. But you know what? We've got an opportunity each and every day to have courage on the front lines in our local community. And that's what I want to do today is inspire you to have courage. Because if the church doesn't speak up, the devil wins. Let me repeat that. If the church stays silent, the devil wins. And God's been putting on that my, my heart that a lot lately. You know, for me personally, just to start speaking up more each and every day. You know, you can see things that are wrong with our society. And so if we don't speak up, who will? You know, it just takes enough of us not doing anything. And the devil's just having a heyday with America, isn't he? Okay, so I'm going to inspire you today as I inspire myself. <laughs> So we're in the Truth Bomb series, and like I said, when I look around, the truth is under attack. You know, the enemy's voice is really loud in America right now. And you know, some of the things that are being attacked is, first of all, our free speech. It's defined as hate speech. Whoever thought the day, our first bill of right, the freedom of speech, would be the number one thing the devil would go after. Think about that. If you can't speak the truth, how will the truth set people free? So we need to fight for our right to free speech. And then we look at cancel culture. How common is that? 
You know, you try to say your opinion, the left doesn't want to hear your opinion. They only want you to echo their opinion. But we need to have a counterculture where we are just as loud as the enemy. Amen? Or louder. And then we look at sexual perversion. It's being celebrated all the month of June under the title Pride. I mean, whoever thought in America, organizations, companies would celebrate sexual perversion? I mean, look up the definition of what LGBTQXYZ is. It is sexual perversion. And our Bible is very strong on how God looks at that. Remember a, a place called Sodom and Gomorrah? Okay. So it's like, you know, the devil wants us to just say, well, hey, it's whatever they want to do. No, we are Christians. Do you think Jesus would say it's whatever they want to do? No, we've got to be bold and courageous. We can't let our family members be led to hell by the devil. Amen. I'm going to come at you strong. Is anybody ready for this? If there are any seatbelts in the pews, today would be the day to strap it on. <laughs> so other things that we're seeing in America, our national anthem, a source of pride where everybody would stand tall, take off your hat, put your hand over your heart. Now we have sports figures that want to kneel in protest. Now there's something called a black national anthem. I mean, it's like, what's the matter with United States of America? The devil's a divider, but God's a uniter. We need to be united. I mean, I fought for this country. I fought for that American flag. That American flag is so honored and respected because the world knows it's the only thing protecting them from hell is America. If we don't go into harm's way, the devil would have won a long time ago. You know, when I was in Afghanistan, I looked at 75 NATO countries that were participating. Do you know how much the American military participated in every battle in the last several decades? 75% of the fighting force. Imagine if the 75% of the fighting force decides to stay home. There's no hope for the world. So that's why I respect that flag. I, I bought the biggest flagpole I could find for my neighborhood, and Old Glory is flying every single day, lit up. Maybe that's an encouragement for some of you. Buy a flagpole. Start representing America. Thank you. Man, that wasn't even in my notes. That's just extra. <laughs> and then the craziness. Somehow, we bought this lie that men can compete in women's sports. That men could enter women's locker rooms and restrooms. And we think that's okay. No. And I want to talk to the men real quick here. We need to stand up. I've got two daughters. There is no way in H-E double hockey sticks I'm letting some man go into a restroom where my daughter is trying to have some privacy. I mean, if I hear about it, I'm in there and I'm ripping that guy out of there. I don't care what dress you have on. You're not in there. You're not a woman. That's what I'm talking about. We gotta start having some courage. So courage is defined you know, mental or moral strength to act with boldness and confidence in the face of danger, fear, or difficulty. In the Bible, courage is really the opposite of fear. It's having faith, being bold, but the key is action. We can think about being courageous, but unless we act, we're not courageous. And I want to inspire you today to act. And then it's not natural for men to be brave and courageous, but when God is protecting and guiding us, we can have courage because we're confident in him.
The one thing I've learned in my life about courage is I can do everything in my own strength to build my courage, but unless I have courage in him and what he can do through me, it's not where it needs to be. And I want to encourage all of you guys today. It's like whatever we're going to touch on that God's been inspiring you to have courage in, you're not alone. When God is with you, you can do great and mighty things. And just remember, he will never leave you, never forsake you. He is the source of courage. He is the source of strength. And my Bible said, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So we just need that measure of faith to step out in the direction of courage and watch what God will draw out of you. Amen? Amen. All right. Now, you know, I uh, had the honor of serving my country for two decades as a U.S. Marine, and I deployed to many harmful places around the world to fight for freedom for other people that couldn't. You know, I remember that I always, when I deployed, fear would creep in. I remember when I went to Kuwait and Iraq and we were offloading our combat power, we always had the siren go off when a Scud missile was inbound and they would detonate all around us. And during that time, they were believed to be armed with chemical weapons. And so we feared that there'd be a chemical attack when those air raid sirens went off. You know, when I was in Afghanistan, I remember getting to my first base, a big tent with like 200 Marines in there, and in the middle of the night, all through the day, you'd hear RPGs going overhead, attacking different, you know, facilities. I got to my uh, location where I was going to be stationed for 13 months, and there were big screens all around the compound because we were in a bowl. They were sniper screens to protect us from pop shots from the surrounding neighborhood. Whenever you traveled on the road, improvised explosive devices were all around. I mean, the enemy was ruthless. Right outside of our compound, we had an Italian convoy decimated by a suicide bomber. And another guy hijacked a ISAF vehicle, got to the front gate, and detonated. And thank God people weren't in the barracks. You know, a piece of shrapnel, five foot long, went through the barracks. So was I fearful going into combat zones? Yes, I was. But I knew that God didn't give me a spirit of fear. But he gave me a spirit of faith. And how did I need to build that courage in me to not only get myself moving, but my Marines moving? I knew he'd always be with me, but I had to remind myself, Psalms 56, 3 through 4. And this is a reminder for all of you. When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. In God, whose word I praise. In God, I trust and am not afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Think about that. If we lived our life every day, what can mere mortals do to me? It'll encourage you to start speaking truth. And I had to remind myself, Psalm 27, 1, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And then Joshua 1, 9, God gave us a whole book of faith building verses. Have I not commanded you? I'm used to being in a military where there's a commander and our commander commands this, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Everywhere in our local community, the things that God's going to stir up in your heart today for areas of courage that you have been called to take action in, God is with you. God is for you. He just needs you to do something, to get the process started. 
So my whole message today is to inspire you. What is the thing God's going to highlight in the next 26 minutes we have together that you know you have been called to act in courage? Amen? All right. I tell you what, you know, I want to encourage you today that, you know, it's time for the lions to rise. Do you see yourself as a lion or a lamb? You know, it took me a long time, and a lot of times I felt like a lamb, but God started showing me who we really are, that we are the lions. We have the greater roar, and it's time for us to start using it. We're not lambs here for the slaughter. We are God's lions here to speak the truth. The truth is what sets people free. And we know the truth. When we get in this word, you have got to get in this word every day. We have a Bible in a year. Truth starts to come to life. When you're wondering how to answer a question, it's in here. I can guarantee you there's nothing that you are facing that there's not an example for in this book. We got to start reading it. We got to start putting ammo in our weapon, which is the truth, reading the word. And we're called to destroy the works of the devil. Think of that word, to destroy them, not to tolerate them, not to coexist with them, to destroy the works of the devil. The Bible is full of don't leave any man, woman, child, beast left behind because I know what the enemy can do when he gets a foothold. I saw what the enemy did in heaven and one guy took a third of my angels with him. You can't coexist with evil. It must be crushed. And then the other things, our Bible tells us we are the salt and the light of the world. So if we're not flavoring things and we're not being the light, then darkness starts taking over, right? And then it says, behold, we've been given authority over all the power of the devil. That was one of our verses for Emerge, and it always has stuck with me that I have been given authority over all the works of the devil. When you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, you have got the greatest power this world has ever seen. Jesus said, I'm going to leave, but I'm going to send you a helper, and greater works will you do. Is anybody like me just bold and courageous enough as like, Jesus, I love that verse, and I want to be the one. I want to do greater works than my Savior. It's a promise. He said we could do it. Why aren't we doing it? I'm like, I don't know how to do it, but I want to do it. Anybody like me? Come on. We just got to, God, give me an example. Show me. And greater is he that is in us than is he that is in the world. You know, I don't know about you guys, but a lot of times it's like I forget the Holy Spirit is inside of me. I'm striving in my own strength, fighting my own battles, trying to use my own intellect, my own talents, my own gifts to solve whatever I'm working on. But how often do we just turn to the Holy Spirit? You know, we're a Bible-believing church. It talks about speaking in tongues. Did you know that's the perfect prayer? We can try our best in English, but when you speak in tongues. And for a while, that was like, you know, foreign to me. I was raised Baptist. They didn't talk about the Holy Spirit, much less speaking in tongues. But I was like, wait a minute, it's in the Bible. Why are we omitting that? Is there something there? My Savior said he's going to give me the Holy Spirit, a helper to help me in this life. So I started digging in. I had some men pray over me. I got the gift. I didn't really know what to do with it, but I just started doing something. And then all of a sudden, one day, I was traveling to work, practicing, speaking in tongues, and I knew that I knew that I knew that the Holy Spirit was in me because he was speaking to me like I've never heard before. I was in tears. I knew it wasn't me. A lot of times the devil will say, oh, it's you. 
But when you know it's him, oh, you start getting excited. You start feeling power. You start feeling energy. You start getting bold. You start getting courageous. I want to encourage you, don't be afraid of the Holy Spirit. It's the greatest coach, mentor, guide you will have in your life. So, are you ready for the title of my message today? All right, let's see if they're going to put it up. Silence of the lions, not the lambs. And God's been working this message out in my own heart that I need to speak up, that I am a lion, that it is time. You know, I didn't, I didn't fight in harm's way like many of you, Eric here, fought in the military, many more of you. I didn't fight for other people's freedom around the world, willing to risk my life only to come home to America, which is what I was fighting for. So my kids and my family and my friends didn't have to fight in the streets of America. But I see, when I took that oath of office, I never realized it, but it was hidden in there so brilliantly. I do solemnly swear to support and defend the Constitution of the United States of America against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Think about that. Our fight is here. We have to wake up, church. The fight is here in America right now. Do you see it? Do you have spiritual eyes to see what is happening? The devil knows we're the last bastion of hope for the world before total domination, and he's coming after us with a vengeance. So I want to stir you up today. What can we do? We may not be able to do something in D.C. and these other states, but we can do something in San Diego, California, can't we? We can get engaged. We can get empowered. We can start saying, God, what have you put on our heart that we are called to stand for such a time as this? You know, I remember, you know, a story of standing. Uh, many of you, maybe in high school, a lot of high school stories, um, but there was a bully, bully by the name of Dean, all five foot nothing, had a couple muscles, not too big. But I tell you what, he was a bully and everybody knew it. And very few stood up to him. And one day he targeted me. I remember sitting down at lunch table, he comes over, grabs my milk carton, pours it all over my food. I was kind of in shock. I didn't know what to do. So I just got up, threw my plate away, and went off. Second day, I pick a different table. He finds me, grabs the milk, pours it over. I'm like, man, this just isn't right. Then the third day, he finds me again. He grabs that milk carton, and I grab his freaking hand. And I take that milk carton, and I pour it over his head. And I stood up to the bully. And guess what? He, never, he set a, the furthest he can stay away from me for the rest of the school year. That's all the devil is. He's a bully. He roams around like a roaring lion. But we are the lions. We are called to stand up to the bully. We are called to stand up in this generation. I want to encourage you. You've got what it takes. It took me a while to realize that I had what it takes. So point number one, are we ready? We're going to unpack just three quick things of areas of fear that you might need to face. Maybe God's calling you to face your bully, to face this area with courage and boldness. Number one, what are your personal fears? These often show up as internal strongholds. Mine have been perfectionism, performance, and emotional connection. They followed me in my whole life. And I'm working on overcoming those things. 
And then a study was done about the top 10 fears that hold people back in life. So I'm going to just go through a few, see if any of these resonate with you. Number one, the fear of change. You know, does your job suck, but you're afraid to venture out and try something new, a new career path, start that new business, try a trade school? How long are you going to stay stuck for fear of change? Loneliness. Some people are afraid of being alone. So they stay in the wrong relationship for years and years and years. And they miss out on Mr. Right or Mrs. Right. Loneliness. A lot of people are so lonely that they put more effort in their social media profile than in their face-to-face presence with another human being. Failure. I've avoided things in my life that I could fail in because that failure was just too tough to deal with but I've lost out on valuable life lessons and opportunities that would have trained me for success. If you look at most millionaires and billionaires, the only thing difference between them and us, they were willing to fail more. If we know that's the secret, why do we let failure stop us? Give it a go. At worst, you learn a lesson that's gonna prepare you for the next success, amen? Rejection, you know, asking Don out for that date in high school. I feared rejection. That's why I never had the courage to ask her. You know, I want to just say in this room, some people may need to ask your boss for a raise. You know you're a great worker out there, but you feel being rejected. Why don't you do it this week? What do you got to lose? They could say, hey, we don't have it in the, you know, the account, but I'm proud of your boldness. Next quarter, I'm going to have you at the top of the list. You got nothing to lose and everything to gain. You know your worth. You know your value. You know what you contribute. So don't let fear and failure take you out. And then the others are some like uncertainty. Something bad will happen. I tell you, that fear alone stops a lot of parents for allowing their kids to participate in sports. Tell you what, we we wonder about, you know, a weaker generation. Let them play sports. Sports, I, I was taught how to be under command of a coach how to learn life lessons, how to discipline my body, how to practice, how to work in the off hours, how to be unified as a team, not self, but team. I tell you what, it just really disappoints me when parents are so afraid of somebody getting hurt that they rob a child of all the amazing lessons. So thank you, mom, if you're listening. You put me in every sport out there and made me a better man for it. You know, getting hurt, uh, being judged, inadequacy, and loss of freedom. Those are some other things. Top 10 areas, fears hold people back in life. Also, mindsets can hold us back. This is a big one. You know, it took me the longest time to trust God that if I tithed, that he would really be there for me. I knew it took 100% of my paycheck plus to pay the bills. So if I gave God his rightful 10%, how would I make up for the rest. But there comes a point in time when you get over yourself and you go all in and he starts doing things you read about in the Bible. That's the best I can tell you. But I had peace of mind, the stress, the worry that it wasn't all on my shoulders, that I had a partner. I had a man up in heaven with streets lined with gold that's now my investment advisor because I'm investing in his kingdom. Watch what he can do in my house. I tell you what, just a tip for you. Don't wait as long as I did. And then your health, mindsets around health. You know, we all know we should 
eat healthy, exercise. But I tell you what, when you leave here today and you pass that in and out and you smell those fries and your kids are begging you to stop in there for lunch, I know, probably like me, you're like, I'm gonna be disciplined. I know how important my health is. I'm gonna order the protein-style burger, no bun. You know, I'm gonna order the light fries. Don't dip them in too much grease. I'm gonna get that water and put that full lemon in there. And then when your daughter's not looking, you sneak the cheese fries and sip on that vanilla milkshake. I know, I've been there. But our health is important, and it's time to invest in our health before we're forced to invest in our health. But all these different mindsets, you know, your worth, you know, I was never affirmed as a kid, so my worth and my value, I had to seek out the performance, the perfectionism. They were all that lack of worth, that lack of value, you know. And then to just be honest with you guys, you know, um, the area I need like courage in is for years I've been uh, talking about starting another business. And I love Pastor Sterling said creative, the creative man he is. And so, like, I don't know about you guys, I believe there's a lot of creative people in here. Our God's a creator, Jesus was a creator, woodworking, but I believe all of us have a creative gift in something. And God wants you to use that to bless the world, to bless your family. And so, he's given me t gifts, talents, and ability, but then I had three things that have prevented me from starting that new business. And maybe you guys can relate to some of these. The first one is something I had to face. I had to face negative beliefs, the thoughts that I told myself. Well, who would really want my product? You know, all the effort I put in, would it really be successful? That's the devil just whispering. So I had to face those negative thoughts and I start thinking positive about what could happen. Then I had to fight something. I had to fight procrastination. It's easier to let the day rule you, vice you rule the day. So I had to get more discipline in what I'm going to do. Can you spend an hour every day or every other day just working on that creative business, writing that book, whatever God is putting in your heart, serving at that ministry that's a, a heartstring for you? And then I had to forgive, and this is a big one for a lot of us. And sometimes it's others, but who I had to really forgive was me. I was afraid to speak what I wanted to create because of all the years I've spoken and I failed to honor my word. I had to forgive myself that it's okay, that you had great intentions, you didn't have follow through, but it's time to begin again. So those are just a couple things facing your fears. So, and I love this quote, living with fear stops us taking risk. And if we don't go out on the branch, you'll never enjoy the best fruit. Think about that. I will. Living with fear stops us taking risk. And if you don't go out on the branch, you'll never taste the best fruit. So summing up point one, I've got one question. It's okay to take out your phone at this point. We're not thinking you're cruising social media. But capture this one thought on facing your fears. What is God asking you to personally face in your life and overcome and have courage? Write it down. He's speaking to you right now. Only you know what it is. Are you ready for point two? All right. This is a big one here. It's facing your family, confronting family members. You know, God gave us that family for whatever reason, good and bad and ugly. Mom and dad, I know you're here and I love you. I'm not talking about you. But there's other family members. Could be a sibling. Could be a mother-in-law. Again, mom, it's not you. <laughs> but, you know... 
the way I look at it is we're called to be unifiers and bring harmony in the family. And I have seen bitterness and resentment and anger just destroy people in my family. You know, I have seen certain family members have some kind of grudge that impacts them for years and decades. And so talking about having courage, God stirred it up on my heart, but I was like, God, you know who they are in my life. And like, do I have the courage to address this issue? And so God kept working on me until there comes a point where you get tired of hearing the same old thing. One person gossiping about somebody else, wanting you to join their side, wanting to affirm how they feel. But when are we going to stand up and give them a different perspective? And the way I finally had courage in that moment was I had to be okay if the consequence and the results didn't go my way. But I knew what I had to do. I need to speak the truth. I need to plant a seed in that person that God would germinate, God would grow. I remember having a very tough conversation with someone I love, and it was my moment, and I went for it. And it was a 20-minute conversation. There was tears, crying, and then we ended it with that person like, I can't talk anymore. And so hung up the phone, and then I was like, I felt proud that I had the courage to say what I'd been thinking about for years, for decades. And then I followed up, and I walked that person through the journey of forgiveness. And that relationship was permanently restored. And that's not just for me. That's for somebody in here. Whose family member do you know that you need to engage with? That God is calling you to speak up. He keeps putting that person on your heart to engage and face that fear in your family. Because unity what it's all about. I don't want to live with disunity in my family. Life's too short. You know, we have great family members. God gave us them for a reason. And let's start building unity and have that courage. Amen. <clears throat> so my final question to wrap that up is what one issue in your family do you know you need to be the one to address? Write that down. Are we ready for point three? All right, man, we got to go quick on this one. Face your community. And so if you faced your fears, if you faced the issues in your family, perhaps God's calling you to face your community. What are the areas that you really feel strong about, that you're seeing in your community, that you need to get more engaged in? And there's so many. There's really so many. I mean, for me, school alone is one. I mean, I went to public school where, I don't know about you guys, but like there was an American flag in every school. You know, we said the Pledge of Allegiance. Every kid stood. We put our hand over our heart. We said the Pledge of Allegiance. There wasn't any kneeling and disrespecting the flag, and maybe the anthem at a sporting event is optional. I was like, what the heck is going on in America? You wonder why we got problems. If we can't respect the stars and stripes that unite us, the United States of America, if we can't watch the Olympic Games and see people about America, not about themselves and their social agenda, I mean, what is going on? And then also prayer in school. You know, there was a moment of silence where every kid, we didn't establish religion, but we gave them opportunity to pray. Did you know in America, in public schools, the Ten Commandments were posted in every public school? A set of morals and guidelines and values Imagine if they were still there. 
So what happened? The devil snuck in, ripped them down without a fight. Why do we have to change to the devil's values, vice our values that made America great? That's what we need to do. We need to stand up for America. God founded this country. We put our faith and trust in him. We're the only nation to pick God as our leader. And God has blessed us for over 200 years. And he's calling on us to stand during our time with courage and take America back. Amen? Well, I tell you what, in the time I have now, I'm going to show you what some men decided to do to have a little courage in an area that didn't sit right with them. So if we can roll that video. When the SOS went up at a troubled school, who answered the call? A bunch of DADs. Here's CBS's Steve Hartman on the road. Not many good news stories begin in such a bad news way. It happened last month here at Southwood High School in Shreveport, Louisiana. Plagued with violence. Over the course of three days, another fight. 23 students arrested for fighting. Massive police response. But strangely, there hasn't been another incident since. Perhaps in part because of this most unusual crisis intervention team. Nobody here has a degree in school counseling. No majors in criminal justice. No, no. Your qualifications are? Parents. Dad. Well, we decided the best people who can take care of our kids are who? For us. So Michael Lafitte started Dads on Duty. We're out doing what we do for our babies. A group of about 40 Southwood dads who now hang out at the school in shifts. Let's go. Today, any negative energy that enters the building has to run a gauntlet of good parenting. What's going on, buddy? You're moving fast. I like that horse. I immediately felt a form of safety. We stopped fighting. People started going to class. How could that be? You ever heard of a look? A look? Dads it's have the power to do that? Yes. <laughs> not many people know it, but yes. <laughs> let's go, let's go. But it's not just the firm stares and stern warnings. Let's make it to class, my son. It's also the dad jokes. <laughs> they just make funny jokes like, oh, hey, your suit's untied, but it's really not untied. <laughs> and they hate it. They're so embarrassed by it. <laughs> and it's that perfect mix of tough love and gentle ribbing that dads do so well that has helped transform this school. The school has really just been, like, happy, and you can feel it. Which is why the dads plan to keep coming to Southwood indefinitely. Because not everybody has the father figure, the father figure at home. Or a male, period, in their life. Like so that. just to be here makes a big difference. Do you think you stumbled onto something here? Absolutely. I think absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. They'd like to start chapters of Dads on Duty throughout Louisiana. What's up, baby boy? And hope to eventually take on the country. All right. Without a fight. <laughs> Steve Hartman, on the road, in Shreveport, Louisiana. It's time for the lions to rise and not be silent anymore. Are you a lion? Are you a lion? It's time for you to rise in your community. What has God put on your heart? This is our time. This is our community. So let's take our city back. Amen? I'm going to leave you with this. Ah, the Bible is so full of men and women that didn't think they have what it takes, but they operated in courage. A teenager going against a man of war, David and Goliath. 
courage to face impossible situations. Esther, going against her husband, the king, and knew it could end in death, not just for her, but for her people, but the courage to take a big risk. And then we've got Daniel, courage to stand for his God and not bow to the devil and was willing to be thrown in a lion's den and trust God for deliverance. So many stories of courage, but I believe God has created each of us to live out our story of courage in this time. We're the Daniels, we're the Esthers, we're the Moses, we're the, you know, we're the people that God wants to write a story about our measure of courage in this generation. You know, Billy Graham stated one of my favorite quotes. He said, courage is contagious. When a brave man takes a stand, the spines of others are often stiffened. Think about that. So if not you, who? Who's gonna stand? You know, I don't wanna look back years from now at my America and God to say, there was a fight in your season, in your time. I gave you all the gifts, all the talents, all the abilities. I put on your heart what I wanted you to do. I was with you, I was for you. And you just needed a small measure of courage to step out in faith. And we would have defeated that giant. But you passed it to your sons and daughters. I don't know about you, I'm not going out like that. Is anybody else like that with me? Are you gonna fight your battles in this generation? That's how we bring kingdom come on heaven, here on earth. I tell you what, if everybody could just stand with me. I wanna just pray, pray for three groups of people. Those that have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That's where courage originates from. He was the original man of courage. Three-year ministry, what did he do? Went into every harm's way situation he could. I tell you what, he looked for opportunities to stir it up, and he knew God was with him. He escaped so many stoning episodes, taking him to the edge of a cliff, and God made a way where he made his way through the crowd. He will do the same for you. If you stand for courage, you stand for Christ. When you get to eternity, I wanna look back, and I don't wanna be on my deathbed and say, you know what, God? You gave me a lot of opportunities but I played it safe. I wanna look back and say, every opportunity, I took a risk, and whether it was successful or it wasn't, I didn't play my life safe, because I knew what was on the line, amen? So I wanna play for those that need salvation, those that maybe once gave their life to Jesus Christ, but let the world lead them astray. But you're here in this church at Bayho today to give your life back to him and fulfill your mission. And finally, I'm gonna pray for those that just need courage. There's something you're facing, something God stirred up on your heart that you are gonna walk out of here with boldness. So we're gonna do something a little different as I pray. With every head held high and every eye wide open, we're gonna pray. Dear Heavenly Father, yes, repeat after me, you got it. Dear Heavenly Father, I love you, but you love me more. Thank you for sending Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, to die on a cross for me, to establish relationship. Thank you. I repent of my sin. 
And today is a new day. Thank you for loving me. And God, I will dedicate the rest of my life to pursuing you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.